Ladies and gentlemen, people of all gender expressions, thank you for checking out the North Bank Media Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Strevens. Joining me on the show this morning from right here in Edmonton, Alberta, Mike and Becky Newhook, uh, a married couple, a power couple in the truest sense of the word, in my estimation. They are founders and operators of Vertical Roots Canada. Okay, Vertical Roots is a, uh, it's an urban farm on Edmonton's south side. It's a hydroponics operation producing hundreds and hundreds, if not a thousand or more uh, heads of lettuce and other leafy greens uh, per week. That is a lot of lettuce. I see kale on the menu. I see romaine. This is high quality stuff. Uh, you're paying a premium for it, but it is, if you value what you put in your body, this is what you uh, want to be, want to be eating. Um, Definitely check out verticalroots.ca for their menu because there's a subscription service. There's also a delivery service. So if, you, if you're not able to make it out uh, to a local farmer's market, uh, they can bring it right to you. Um, an innovative business, I would say, and a, a really interesting story. Um, you know, Mike, for one, he's, a, he's sort of a mad genius entrepreneur and you'll really enjoy hearing him tell his story. No real experience in farming uh, up to this point, you know, up until the last few years. Uh, learned a pretty costly lesson running a hydroponics operation in, in the Philippines, and he talks about that, uh, but has gone on to find success and, and, and personal success as well as the business success uh, with Vertical Roots. I really enjoyed this conversation. You know, in a lot of ways, it's a benchmark uh, for what this podcast is about. It's uh, people who have taken the risk, people who are going down the road of, of, of starting something, an enterprise, and, and trying to serve their community, uh, and in the process, learning about themselves. So um, really enjoyed talking to Mike and Becky for a chance, or it was a great chance for me to just lay back, and I really let two wise and experienced people uh, tell their story and offer some insight into uh, what it means to run a business, uh, what it means to uh, to raise a family, and all, all the things in between, and um, what it means to to be ourselves or become ourselves, right? So it's, again, a, a real, I don't want to say boilerplate, but a real benchmark or a high watermark for what this uh, podcast wants to be. So uh, again, Vertical Roots Canada, they're on the south side of Edmonton. Check them out at verticalroots.ca. In the meantime, enjoy this one, a great one, a conversation with Mr. Mike and his wife, Becky Newhook. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. I'm excited to uh, hear about this business of yours. It's pretty uh, innovative, I would say, and all that. So again, and thanks for being open to doing this. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. Well, and it's it's what it's all about is saying yes. I found that Instagram is a strange and wonderful place and it's a good way to meet people. So uh, mm-hmm. true. Yeah. I guess maybe just for my listeners and for my sake, why don't you just sort of tell me about Vertical Roots as far as what's like the elevator pitch? If you had a minute alone with someone important, or what's uh, what do you guys do that nobody else does? <laughs> That's a good question. You said they weren't going to be difficult questions. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> do you want to take that one, Beck? I, I mean, well, I um, an elevator pitch. Actually, I'm curious to see what yours is. Yeah. We okay. Go. Well, we I'll do. try mine. Sure. I'll try mine first because I'm the one that sells it all day long. So I guess... Um, I guess the one thing is like we're vertical farm that grows with no spraying, no chemicals, and it is um, a quality, higher quality product, and it lasts a long time, 
we definitely are in an agriculture field that is growing and really trending right now because mm -hmm. of the sustainability. And you can grow thousands and thousands of head of lettuce in such a minimal amount of space and the usage of water. So based on all these like trending um, ways and of course the quality of the product, the, the value is there and the no chemicals. It's just one of the best products that I've ever tasted. And I'm, I'm not biased because I love lettuce. I've eaten salads all my life. I've <laughs> added it to my diet all my life and I can't eat anything else. This is just the cleanest, freshest product you'll ever, ever find um, from uh, in like miles and miles from here. I've never mm -hmm. tasted anything like it. Hmm. Yeah. You want to pick is it up? Is that right? <laughs> Seems right. And, and when we talk about the product, it's it's lettuce specifically, hey, or leafy greens right now. That's all yeah, you guys do? A, a lettuce, kale, arugula, basil, uh, anything leafy green, I guess. And, you know, um, it's probably the best way to summarize it. But uh, I think, Mike, you should give your pitch for the business because you come from a different angle and I think it's better than mine. Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting. I had someone ask me the other day, like, how in the world did you get into farming? Like, did you grow up on a farm? Are you from a farming community? And like, <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I grew up very tech minded. So I spent a lot of years in the IT world. Okay. And um, when I went from IT to our other company in Canmore, which was a waste management company, people were like, well, why are you in waste management? I, I wish I could say like, I'm a real earth, you know, mm -hmm. that's my drug, but it's not like, I don't, I think I see an opportunity as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I see a challenge and I go for it. And I think the thing for me, when I, if I was to summarize vertical roots, Canada, uh, a little bit of the history of the company was birthed in the Philippines. We started with aquaponics, which is fish in water. I had never planted a seed in my life, never grew anything. Wow. I always loved I loved gardens, loved farming. I loved going to farms, being on farms with animals and things. Mm -hmm. um, but we had known these people for almost 20 years. They were farmers. We went back. We saw that they were still struggling and they were still trying to grow, you know, efficiently in all seasons. And so that's what sparked it here in Canada. I think there's a part of me that just wants to prove that you don't need multi-millions to do what we're doing. Right. So it's a little bit like I've got a, 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 something to prove in a sense, like you, like I said, you don't need millions to do this. And mm -hmm. food security is really not solved in our opinion by multi-million right. dollar operations, you know, trying to employ people and keep up the standard. Like, I just think that we're trying to prove that. And we made a decision, I don't know, halfway through the business since we've been in business almost a year and a half that we are going to be a higher, like Becky said, a higher premium product yeah. with a higher price point. But we're not out to overfeed our plants, pump them full of nitrates, get them out the door in 20 days so that we can profess that. We want a good quality product that sells itself. And I think that's business 101, you know, and yeah, that's kind of, that'd be my elevator pitch. Cool. Well, there's a lot, a lot of interesting stuff there. I guess I am, I am curious, like I looked at your prices, you charge what you charge and that's fair. Who is the ideal customer? Like who, who is it? Is it a certain uh, income bracket or is it a certain person who with a certain set of values who comes to you guys? Like who, who's buying this lettuce? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like for me, I find we have a wide 
uh, demographic. Mm -hmm. Uh, These are people that care about their health. Number one, Mm -hmm. they are very health conscious when it comes to what they're going to put inside their body. Mm -hmm. And like, especially the last couple of years, people have gotten very, very aware Mm -hmm. of what they put in their body and where the product is from. So based on health and based on local product, people Mm -hmm. are really becoming very obsessed with, Mm -hmm. and in a very good way, of supporting local businesses. So instead of buying that pack of romaine from California that sat on a truck and was mass produced and the nutrient level is super, super low, you pay more for the product from a local farmer that's Mm -hmm. local to this country and it lasts probably two to three times longer than the products you got for cheap. Mm-hmm. So these, these, um, I, I don't know, demographically, we, I don't think when it comes to like income, I have seen many different, you know, middle of the road families mm-hmm. purchasing our product in our subscriptions because they care about the product that they put in their bodies. Mm-hmm. And then I guess the other thing is they, they really appreciate the quality because mm-hmm. their lettuce that they buy from the store is going bad in two to three days. Mm-hmm. So if you're spending like two ninety nine on something and it's bad in two days, then you actually just threw away $3. So instead of spending that, go and spend $6 and let it last for two weeks. Mm-hmm. If you don't get to it, it's still a good product. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's kind of the demographic. They value their bodies and they value local um, farmers or local products. Mm. And we land in both those categories. Beautiful. Yeah, that's a good tip, but it, yeah. I mean, obviously someone on a fixed, in, you know, actually I, I stop what I'm saying. I, I, I think I'm surprised even we we're at the market yesterday, mm-hmm. elderly people, you can, you know, on fixed income yep. are coming in loyally to buy our product because according to them, it tastes way better. Huh. They can, literally taste the the healthiness of it and and they like us and they want to buy a local product and i and i think like i grew up in a not so wealthy family and it wasn't put into us to buy healthy food because of the the, it wasn't affordable right but you know i think that that's changing i think people are repurposing their money and should repurpose to healthy food. I think it's very important. Hmm. Because kind of the the wisdom, the prevailing wisdom or the cliche is that people's health is deteriorating uh, in the West. You're kind of seeing the opposite in your community that people are valuing healthy food more these days or maybe Mm -hmm. more than when you were growing up, let's say. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I've always wanted to use a tagline that's like the way lettuce should have been or like something (laughs) like, the way lettuce was meant to be, or because I think we've just used lettuce as a garnish or like, you know, years ago, kale was just a garnish, right? Right. Like if you remember back to going to a a restaurant, kale was just on the side. And I remember like in my teens and early twenties, like, what is this? Like, you know, trying it and being like, Oh, gross. Right. But now like you, it's like people eat it straight or they put it in the oven and they make chips out of it or they mix it with their salads because they understand the value of what's Mm -hmm. in that food. So I just think it's just a, an awareness that's come. Right. And, I, and I I think that lettuce actually is high in vitamin K and A, and it does carry nutrients if it's fed the right way. Mm. And it isn't, you know, uh, toxic because of the high nitrogen. So what a lot of bigger farms will do is they'll pump it full of nitrogen. They'll spray it with nitrogen mm. to get it to grow faster, right. um, which makes it not healthy because it can't, 
it's trying to produce faster than it was genetically made to. And so then it doesn't absorb all the nutrients and that's just the way it is. Hmm. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. So you would say, obviously your product is, would you say it's organic? Obviously there's no, or how does that work in your mind? We're not allowed to say that, but because actually, you know, years ago I did this studying on the, in the Philippines because we wanted to be an organic farm. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because everybody thought we were organic anyway. So I didn't even have to train people to say that, but to them it was clean. That means organic, but organic really means regenerating the soil. And so we don't grow Mm -hmm. in soil. So it's very difficult for us to get the word organic with our product because we're not using soil. We're not regenerating the soil. Mm -hmm. Um, So we kind of lean toward ethically grown and clean and that's, that's kind of where our language lands Mm -hmm. um, because we seed it and it goes into the farm um, and it never gets touched again until it, well, it gets transplanted one more time and then it's harvested. It's never, it's never sprayed. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like we don't have issues with bugs here. We don't have deficiencies in our lettuce. So we're not spraying junk on there right now. There are some organic sprays you can put like, some fertilizers and things to help with the plants, but mm. we just haven't got there. We've looked into it, but so I don't know if I could say we're organic. We like to say, Becky, you know, what do you say? Better we're than organic. Better than organic. Because, <laughs> right. Um, we know what goes in and, and what we're putting out every week. Right. Right. And we should be clear that you guys are called vertical roots because of you basically grow this lettuce in vertical hydroponic racks. Is that where the name comes from? Yeah. So I won't give you a lesson in, in hydroponics. There's multiple sure. ways to grow in hydroponics. There's one of the ways that we've, we we're growing is deep water culture. It's not really deep water. It's only four to six inches, but that's the name DWC. And okay. so what that means is we grow in a four by eight bed or a table it's called mm-hmm. and in four to six inches of water. And that water is oxygenated and bubbled. And then the plants literally float in a raft so their roots are constantly getting oxygen and the nutrients that they need hmm. along with air movement. And so, yeah, we can grow in our farm here. We could grow up to 14 feet high, which would give us uh, four levels, uh, 60 feet long. Sure. So, yeah. So there are other ways with this NFT, which is very popular over, overseas because of the cost of material. Okay. It's like a tube with an inch and a half of water and the water constantly runs through there and it's oxygenated at the source and then it gets pumped through and it just recirculates. And, um, but uh, here it's harder to get product and okay. there's a lot of negatives to that way of growing. So, yeah. That's the, f- that's the form of hydroponics I was familiar with, like in trailer park boys and they're growing dope. It's, it's those long <laughs> tubes with the holes cut in yeah. there. Yeah. And, and the issue with that for us is, um, the water temperature. So when you're pumping, let's say 2000 gallons of water, the farther away it gets, the warmer it gets. Mm -hmm. Right. So now indoors in a controlled environment with the, with the ambient temperature, say at 21, Mm -hmm. our water temperature stays at say 21 or 20. Right. Um, So it would probably, it would probably stay the same, Mm -hmm. but when you start running long distances, it's just, nature of actually moving water warms up people don't realize like oh Mm. a river's colder because the water is moving it's not really true there's kinetic energy that happens in the water when it's moving Mm. so when you when you when you move water like that and then as it gets farther away from the source over time it'll just mix back with the reservoir but not only that but there's a lot more bacterial issues that happen because now you've opened that hole where the plant is air can get in so if you've got stuff in the air and it gets in and and then things can grow and back bad bacteria grows um 
and I just, I prefer deep water culture. I just, it's just something that we prefer. Yeah. And yeah. on an operating cost level is, I mean, for one, you can, it seems like you can, you could physically have more lettuce growing on a square foot, but like beyond that, like versus a traditional farm, is there, is the operating cost typically lower in, in hydroponics? Yes. So hydroponics, um, like compared to conventional farming, you mean, or? Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know. I just know that we can grow more per square right. foot. Um, there is some math out there. I've never been that guy that pumps that information, but I know that we can grow a lot more in a condensed area. Okay. Um, our biggest cost is electricity is, as right. you know, everybody has experienced in the last six months, electricity rates have just gone through the roof. And yeah. I, I wish our government would do something about agriculture, you know, and companies that are trying to, do something for the community in a in, or for the betterment of people instead of just profit. Right. I say that lightly, but like, I sure. mean, if you've got a guy down the road, who's, you know, multi-million dollar company building widgets or something that doesn't really better the world in a sense, but you got people down here trying to grow and they're paying the same electricity or the same distribution fees. Mm-hmm. I just think that there should be something done to encourage people to do it because I was paying six, $700 a month for electricity in our prototype room out in the rural country of Alberta. Mm-hmm. Since moving here to the city, now we've increased our lights and so on. Right. But we've almost tripled that cost. Wow. And our distribution fees in this city are equivalent to what we pay in electricity. <laughs> so like if I spend $700 in electricity, I'm paying $700 to get that electricity. Just to get this it. Build, this building has been here for 80 years. They're not changing wires and infrastructure every year. So our money's going into infrastructure to build out the city. I just think that there should be something for incentive for people that want to grow, you know? That's a great point. I I did want to hear a bit about that and I'm glad you went there. What's it been like for you? Because I know you moved from a rural setting into the city, but maybe on a municipal level, dealing with the city of Edmonton, how was that getting set up? Were they... Oh. Did they help you or not? <laughs> it was so easy. Like, it was amazing. Wonderful. We, you know, I think I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very intuitional, I'm an intuitional person. I'm always thinking of new ideas and in, in, like my brain is in a hundred places all the time. I've always got business ideas, but one thing when I'm on task, I get very detailed. Mm. And so I did the work. I did the research. I made the phone calls. I filled in the form. I was very clear. We're not changing the HVAC. We're not changing this. We're not changing that. I researched the bylaw, submitted it. And what back seven days, eight days later, I had my license in the mail or in the email. You've been approved. But also they are very forward thinking. Edmonton is forward thinking because how many years ago, Mike, did they already have this zoned? Yeah. 2000 and uh, I could be wrong. 2016, but I want to say 2009, but they had, they had a sub or, they had a bylaw in place for certain parts of the city for urban indoor farming, including already in place, really, including hydroponics and aquaponics, which I thought was really forward. Like yeah. we're talking, we're talking a decade or more. Like, um, you know, and I haven't seen a lot of urban farms popping up in Edmonton, but mm. um, I was impressed. With, I was impressed with that. I think that's pretty impressive. No, that's great to hear. Be- yeah. because we should be clear because you're out 
you're on the south side somewhere. Like you're in an industrial area in a warehouse, essentially growing lettuce in racks. Yeah, we're, in, we're in a kind yeah. of Parsons Road mm-hmm. and uh, like 34th Avenue kind of area. Okay. So it's a, it's a medium density commercial. Uh, it's not it's not necessarily industrial in the sense like okay. there's people making petroleum beside us, but like <laughs> that's good. It, it, it's rated for what we do. Like around mm-hmm. the corner is a big greenhouse operation oh, okay. that grows flowers. Uh, and uh, they've been here for years, I think. So the zoning is there and the power is here. And mm-hmm. so um, I would say I'm super impressed with Edmonton, actually. Okay. I, I never built yeah. a business here. And I would say that if you do the work and you pay attention, I think it could be a very simple process. Oh, wonderful. That Now, that yeah. was not the answer I was expecting, but I'm, uh, it's the one I was hoping for. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I... Uh, let me say this. I had watched, I, I started watching a couple of your podcasts and things. And I know one, one of the guys was saying he was a Christian, what well, we operate that way. And so we kind of feel like we had, you know, a little bit of favor too. And, okay. and um, yeah, it in the middle of what we were doing, you know, it was a stressful time in life. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I could have went down the path of having to answer and having to get permits. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm not sure that I would want to have done that. So it was really nice that it was a simple process. Right on. Um, that Ooh. makes sense. Yeah. No, that's great to hear. We should, yeah. I mean, this podcast is kind of going after entrepreneurs and small business people, especially in Edmonton. So that's good to hear that at least it's, yeah. it's, you know, you can get in, you can get your foot in the door and you at least see what you have to do clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to yeah. just, maybe I'll change it up a little bit here. And Mike, you've told me two interesting things. One is that maybe you have some kind of ADD or some kind of just, <laughs> I, I have it too. So I don't mean to offend you. <laughs> But uh, that's a compliment if that's all I got. There you go. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly right. We'll get there. I guess yeah. you say your mind's all over the place and you're, you're always thinking of ideas. And also you'd never actually farmed before. Mm-hmm. So Becky, what's it been like to kind of go on this ride with this mad genius? Uh, like, tell me about that. The interplay between running a business as a married couple that can't be, um, can't be easy. I would think. I'm just going to yeah. pause you guys. I, mean, I got to get my charger. I'm so sorry. That's my okay. battery is rapidly falling here. So Becky, if you want to take that. That's perfect. I turn my video off? Now she can say whatever the hell she wants. <laughs> exactly. Now I'm free to, mm-hmm. you know, no. Give us the um, dirt. In, yeah. In answer to your question, um, I think it is a wild ride. I think that, you know, I don't know. We live together, work together, sleep together, parent together. Mm-hmm. We you know, we now have, we all now have this new space where there's offices and there's the farm. Um, we used to work from home all the time for many, many, many years. So okay. there has been a separation, um, of that, but we're together a lot. And, um, <laughs> I think that we love hard and we fight hard. I would okay. just have to say that. And <laughs> like it, I think that we're really human and we don't do this perfectly at all. <laughs> And we have to learn our ways. We've been together like 20, almost 22 years. And we have known each other for probably close to 25. We were best friends. So we got married as like best friends. And that's kind of how everything got, you know, Mm -hmm. how we got together. And we never even probably dreamed of being entrepreneurs ever. Like my, Mike was going to be a pastor and I was going to be a missionary and, we went to the Philippines and we got married six weeks later and, and did some like feeding programs and worked with youth. So where we are now, I think when we were together and we were engaged and he just, 
he like went to Canadian Tire and he quit after the first day. And my family's Dutch and we work and you just work no matter what. You just get your job and you work Mm -hmm. and you make money and you do what you got to do. And that's like how I was raised. So for him to come home and we're engaged and he says, oh, I quit. I'm not working for $6.50 an hour. And there's just so many problems with this business. I was like, oh my gosh, like my dad is going to have a flip. (laughs) And so there's this. And so I think for for several years, we're trying to go after what we think we should be Mm. or what we feel someone told us we should be, or like going after these giftings that look like people oriented or like helping people, serving people (laughs) and fighting it the whole time, like just not finding what we were supposed to do and Mm. being Mm. frustrated. And then we... I find a business for sale and she gives it to us on payment plan and we're broke and we're in debt and we have kids that are one year apart, like one and a half and two and a half. And so we launch ourselves (laughs) as being entrepreneurs, business owners by accident. And all of a sudden, like my husband starts to like come alive and he starts to like think about um, this business and we, and we start to build it. And then a year and a half later, we are hiring people and we're not doing it ourselves. And it's, we sold it for a hundred grand. We bought it for 10. So like we, all of a sudden we're like, Oh, so then he starts another company. He starts the (laughs) it company and that grows. Mm. Uh, And then we have like a marriage crisis because we're all working too hard and we're not paying attention and our money is going everywhere and we fail. Like we just fall and we fail. Mm -hmm. So we, but we get up and we try again. And so we have the marketing company. That's what we've been building probably for, we built it for probably seven, eight years. And so he's always thinking about something new, which can be really hard for me because I'm more like task oriented and I want to really like, let's just do what Mm -hmm. we're doing. I have no desire to really like, if I have what I need, I'm really happy. Mm. I do not need more. And mm. so that's would drive him crazy because he's like always going for something new adventure and thinking outside of the box. And so when the met the marketing company, I run it, I'm the one that manages our marketing company and, um, and the teams there. Okay. So I think he, he got bored and, uh, and he started playing around in the Philippines with aquaponics and, now we're here with a commercial vertical farm in, in Edmonton, but none of this would happen if he wasn't like having a million thoughts in his brain because he's building a prototype and he's building this thing in the back of the garage and he's thinking and he's always testing and researching. So it can be super annoying. And <laughs> he's like a mad scientist because he doesn't have like everything put away and everything's perfectly like in order. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how his brain works. And he seems to thrive in creation mm. and problem solving. A lot better, by the way. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> we've grown. I'm quite not a being bit. defensive at all. I'm not. I'm saying I've I've gotten a lot more focused. Like I took over our finances for all the businesses, our personal. Oh wow. Three four years ago. No, like six years ago, and it's yeah, awesome. It's six, <laughs> yeah, so I've become much more focused. Mm-hmm. I think I would say like as a husband with a wife who's different personality, like just being an entrepreneur, I've seen some disasters. Like I've seen guys just go, 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 go and leave their wives behind. I think we've done really well at working together, making decisions together, processing together. And I think that's really important. And I think that Mm -hmm. we don't give ourselves a lot of credit for that because it just comes natural to us, but that's how we function. Gotcha. Well, that's a very, that was a very revealing portrait of what's going on over there. 
and I still want to keep talking to you. So that's a good thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. Well, I, I want to hear just FYI, I guess I'll have to cut this out, but this meeting is going to end in 10 minutes because I cheaped out on my zoom plan. If that happens, I'll just, I'll send you guys a new link and we'll pick okay, it up. Sure. But we've got, yeah, we've got, we've got time. Um, Talk to me maybe about, well, actually what I want to hear about Mike is this idea of focus, because I think that is where a lot of entrepreneurs can fail because they get like the shiny object syndrome, you know, they're chasing. <clears throat> what is focus in your mind? Like, is it a matter of listing things that are important in order of importance and drilling down, or do you just keep bouncing and it all gets done? What is, what does it look like in your mind to, she's laughing, but. You're gonna, you're, yeah, it's your turn. Bouncing. You know what? It's like, your turn. You're, you're, you're pulling on my like daily bug b- battle. Like if sure. I could be really honest and raw, like I wake up and I think farm. Mm-hmm. I go to bed, I think farm. Mm-hmm. I'm out for dinner, I think you know. Like <clears throat> so, for me, focus is. <laughs> I've always struggled with being present. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not because I'm an entrepreneur, but just like in the moment, satisfied with the moment. Impossible. And like, I don't label, I don't blame that on being an entrepreneur or any, I just, you know, it's just me and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm constantly working on it. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, practically like taking Facebook off my phone so I don't get uh, stuck in the, the wheel of the reel, you know, watching a thousand <laughs> videos, totally, like trying totally. to. And then when I, when I, you know, cause I've watched tons of things about being an entrepreneur and how you need to be planned and you need to write everything down mm-hmm. and, like that just scares me doing that. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about focus, I think I, 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 being on the other side of the marketing company, I've seen a lot of companies waste weeks and weeks on their logo and their website. Uh. And like I had a saying years ago when I was in the marketing company, if you build it, they won't come. <laughs> so you, you can build the most beautiful logo, the most beautiful website. You could, you could have all the information mm-hmm. and then wake up the next morning and no one comes to your website. Yeah. So, like we stopped, we, I think Becky built the logo for vertical roots. Mm-hmm. Actually, Becky came up with the name. I was in the little farm there working. She came in, she goes, I've got it. And I'm like, what the name. And so like, I've learned to focus on things that, mm-hmm. um, have purpose and make money. So I think for sure. me, number one, my focus is like, I could go off into 10 different little, little cool things to do in the farm, but then I catch myself saying, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. What will generate revenue? Where is this $10,000 best spent? Mm-hmm. Not an idea. And so, you know, and I don't, I don't know that I have ADHD, which I know you're making a joke, but <laughs> I, I think for me, I just have to constantly catch myself. Okay. What's important now? Mm-hmm. You know, like I can really run off on just research, research, research. Right. And, you know, I haven't met a huge amount of entrepreneurs, but I've met a lot. I think there's a lot of people who have an idea, Right who call themselves an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And that's not really what an entrepreneur is, someone who starts a business. I mean, there's a great book called The Entrepreneurial Revolution. It talks about the 100 years of the Industrial Revolution mm-hmm. and now this new era of entrepreneurs. And entrepreneurs just have a purpose to, they want to succeed, they want to prove, they want to do something of value mm-hmm. and take on a challenge. And it really has nothing to do with an idea or it's a whole world change for me. I've been reading it on and off again and just thinking like, why am I doing this? Like, I'm not trying to save the planet with my small farm. Right. You know, I mean, if I did a thousand heads a week and I divided that by 10, I could feed a hundred families. I mean, there's, there's probably 800,000 families in Edmonton, right? 
Yeah. So we started just revamping going, you know what, we can be part of that solution. And I'm okay with not being a millionaire in business. Like I've had to get my focus off of being successful, having the largest farm, the most successful, the fastest growing lettuce, like you see all those pictures on Instagram, Facebook, big tall towers and people, you know, these massive $400 million investments. Like mm-hmm. I realize I'll never be there. Hmm. And that's focus for me. It's like, no, 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 no. This is what I have. This is what I've been trusted with. This is what in our, in our belief system, God has trusted to us. And so now we're stewarding this. And so I'm not going to look in envy. Like envy still exists, right? you know, still one of the seven deadly sins, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, Mm-hmm. I, I don't have to envy the next guy. And yeah, I don't know. That brings a, that brings a level of uh, release of pressure for me that I just chill and I don't get lazy. Um, but I'm not struggling to battle inside. And I think that goes a long way. I don't know if that answers your question. No, that's... There, but... Well, I can jump in there for a quick sec. Cause I think the one thing that I've noticed is like, I'm very different. So like, I like to get up in the morning, have coffee, read, spend some just time meditating and, mm. and being present and quiet. And, and then I have a routine and I thrive in that environment. And mm. I, 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 yeah, so that's me. Right. Um, and he does join. We do coffee every single morning together on the couch. We sit there, nice. we take a 30 minutes to an hour and we sit there and have coffee. So whatever that looks like every day, it's different. But I find that there's this weird um, cookie cutter that entrepreneurs and business owners are trying to make themselves like all these cookie cutters, get up at 4 a.m., get your journal out, get your book, go do your exercise, get your breakfast, go for a walk. And it is like this, this, um, this weird cookie cutter that you expect every single person to fall in line with this. Mm. And everything you just said. Yeah. Like he will like that (laughs) scares him. And so for me, that's like, oh yeah, I can totally do that. And so I'm a task oriented person and Mm. I will go after that and I will probably be successful with that cookie cutter. But for someone that is like Mike, where his mind is, there's never probably a silent moment in his brain ever. And it's constantly going and then to put him in a routine and a schedule, like he can, he can do that. Mm. But I'm just saying to put him in the 4 a.m. cookie cutter, all these books have this uh, formula on how to be successful. Mm. It doesn't work. And it, and it really tosses out these people that are different than me mm. who can't operate mm. in that way. And so he, I think, you know, he, I think there was once he wanted to write a book, like, <laughs> about like how you can be an entrepreneur without you know doing these steps you can just be you so how do you Mm. thrive Mm -hmm. how have you been created and how do you work the best and you answer those questions for you because if you can do that you can be successful but you Mm -hmm. can't be successful trying to be someone else and so i think that's the one thing like i've learned is he is like, we get along really, really well because we have a lot of the same values and we have a lot of the same likes and we enjoy doing the same things, but we're very different people. Mm. And I think just going, oh, okay, his brain never stops. And so we just have to try and be more like, um, what's the word, intentional to make sure like, oh, hey, like, <laughs> can we not talk about investing at the family dinner just for once? Like, we don't want to talk about investing. We just want to hang out. And so we just have to be super intentional. But it definitely, he has been successful by being him and figuring out who he is mm-hmm. and not doing the cookie cutter. So I just don't want to marginalize people that yeah. 
it makes it impossible for them because they're trying to do something and they'll never be that person because it's not who they are. That is beautiful. Well, I think, I think Becky, you really touched on something important there and I do want to hear about it again from both of you, but you said something like you can't be successful being somebody else. And, and Mike, you're, you're very much also in the process of figuring out who you are, I think through entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like you're in kind of your final form as people? Like, is this, I mean, and you're Christian. So would you say this is your God given purpose to serve your community this way? Or is, is there more, is there more in you to give, I guess? Yeah, I, think. I would I would like to just say no, I am not in my final form and I think it is progressive. <laughs> so I'm like, sure. no, I'm not in my final okay, form. Okay, good. I have a lot of growing to, to do. <laughs> Beautiful. That was a trick question. Yeah, no. I, I, you know, in our circle we would say you haven't arrived, you know. I think I don't sure. know if I left, I don't even know if I left. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No, I, I uh, It's going to be I'll, messy I'll, when I arrive, I'll tell you. I'll say it this is how I'll say it. I'll say that <clears throat> I like our purpose in life is to love God, love people. That's our purpose. Mm -hmm. So whatever we do, we love people and we love God. <clears throat> and so that's not always easy because people, including myself, can be, you know, I had a guy this morning. I just like sent me off the rails. It just was crazy. Like I haven't had that interaction in a long time. And I thought like, hardest people to love you know are the ones that have probably the most to say that teach us the lessons we need to learn you know yeah um mm -hmm. i don't know i i don't think i would be doing lettuce forever sure <laughs> i think at my deepest core of who i am i would i love people and i'd love to train people um hmm. not how to be an entrepreneur but i'd like to train people on how to just ignore the noise and go for mm. it you know because i think there's a lot of people who just don't go for it <clears throat> and um, because they don't believe they're an entrepreneur or they don't believe they have what it takes or they don't, you know, I always say to myself, I'm dumb enough to go for it. You know, like right. I, I don't, I don't calculate <clears throat> ahead. Like, I, I mean, that sounds terrible, but you know, there's, there's you a can't Bible. in some sense, right? There's a story that talks about, you know, the foolish man builds his house on the sand, you know, on the rock. But then there's another verse that talks about like how, a proverb talks about it, who who goes to plan a building and maybe it's not proverb, but who plans a building without blueprints essentially is kind of the pair of Mike paraphrase, right? It's like, <laughs> you know, there are just some things like if you saw my Excel sheets <clears throat> and how much I planned for this farm here in Edmonton, I could literally print those all up and rip them up and be like, what a waste of time. <laughs> it's like life mm -hmm. happened and right. the cost, you know, it was $25,000 more than I thought I would spend and I didn't even get to the marketing point, which is, you know, getting a van, getting it logoed, which we got, mm. getting shirts, getting hats, all that kind of stuff fell by the wayside because we had to get production running and right. just the way it all worked, you know. And so, you know, you can plan, but, <clears throat> you know, there's that saying, if you don't plan, you plan to fail. If you fail to plan, you, you know, whatever. I don't even know. Like those things, I, I here's what I really believe if you really want to. I think those things ruin people. Mm. I think those things and those cliches, they really... Yeah. They lock people into boxes like Becky was saying, and it right. scares people. And isn't that fun? Like being in an adventure and, and like going for it. And if it doesn't work, you know, like I remember a book I was reading called the principle of the path by Andy Stanley. I just had to remember it. I looked it up. It was Andy Stanley. Okay. And he, and he said, progress in the wrong direction is not, is not success. 
let that one sink in. So right. making progress in one direction. So the world looks at it. Oh, wow. You're successful. Oh, you're a millionaire. Oh, you look at you. You're number one. That's not success progress in that direction. If that's not what you're called to do, or that's not your purpose mm-hmm. in our opinion, that's not success. And so I think in the last couple of years, I've just defined what is success? Like, what if it isn't about being a multi-million dollar company and the most successful and having all the money and having all the stuff? Like, what if that's not success? What if it's just fulfilling your call and loving people? Right. And what if Vertical Roots only does three, $400,000 a year and never gets to a million dollars? Am I okay with that? Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> because- Are you? I am. I'm becoming more and more and more and more okay with it. You know, even last night being at the market, interacting with people and not just being an exchange where I send a hundred heads of lettuce to another restaurant or another business. It's like, Mm. I'm engaging with these people. I'm having a relationship. And, um, you know, if we were to service more of a private market, we could actually lower our price. Hmm. Like if I didn't have to sell, okay, $6 $6 private and $4 wholesale. And then somewhere in the middle have a deal. But I'm going like, well, wait a minute. If I was able to sell my farm out and I lowered my price down, I can still cover my cost. I can still make money. Now I can serve more people. What a concept. Like in my opinion, that's success. Like that would be a level of success that would separate us from 95% of the companies out there because it's always rip off the employee, rip off people, right. try and make the most money. I'm still angry. I hate my life. Let's do it all over again on Monday. <laughs> right. Well, really? Yeah. yeah. So I kind of think a little bit different and I, and I'm like, do you really need a hundred thousand dollars in profit every month to, to satisfy your life? Like, I think there's a bigger issue if that's what you need. <laughs> right. Well, exactly. You're filling some kind of gap, right? Yeah. Because yeah. it'll never fill anything. You know, mm-hmm. I've Truly. not been a millionaire, but we've lived comfortably for many years. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of boring after a while. <laughs> I mean, it, it it's fun and it's nice and you can do what you want. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, whatever is always, you know, when I'm thinking, I'm like, whatever is eating you will always be eating you until you feed it. And then when you feed it, what are you feeding it? And like, if you're feeding it the wrong thing, it's still going to be hungry. You know, it's kind of a weird thinking process, but like, makes sense. I think we've, I think Becky and I have really settled into like, we're okay if this thing doesn't go massive and Canada wide and right. multi farms. And, you know, <laughs> I, know. I also think like to go back, like, do you think that this is our call? Like mm-hmm. God's called us to this. And um, I think that um, is such a, Um, big and there's a lot of like weight that comes with that and people live under this massive weight Mm. especially in our in our some of the circles that we've been in it's like what's the call what's your gifting what should you do what with your life Mm. and I think it's a a load of crap because we have done many 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 things over 22 years and we've had seasons where we're marked like I'm still in marketing but we he's had seasons of IT We've had seasons where he was at a stable shoveling horse poo while I had two babies back to back. Mm-hmm. We've been overseas. We've lived overseas with the, our kids while they were teenagers building aquaponics farms with the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And, and so 
Like if you would have asked me probably in every one of those seasons, I probably would have told you, oh my gosh, this is what we're going to do. This yeah. is it. Like, especially the Philippines, we were like, oh my gosh, we're going to build like 10 farms. Yeah. We're going to get a thousand dollars a month from these farms. We're going to impact the nation of the Philippines, impact the people, and we can retire here. It, we were, this is exactly what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I went, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. I still yeah. got like, I'm 42. I have at least like 50 plus 60 years ahead of me. Mm -hmm. No, this is not my call. My I'm every single day is my call every mm -hmm. day that I interact with my husband and my teenagers every day that I go to the farm every day I talk to a client every single day is I'm in partnership with God hmm. to do something amazing. Yeah. every day and there's no heaviness there's no weight that oh my god what's my call is this my call it's it's gone i don't need any of that i am actually just called to love mm -hmm. god love myself and love the people around me and that's my call mm. so i could actually go do anything i want right now if it falls if i can walk in those things i am completely satisfied that if we keep vertical roots and we do 10 more around the nation of canada that's amazing yeah. If we sell it in two years to someone that has a huge passion for hydroponics and we go plant a farm in an orphanage and we go do that for a couple of years. I just think that yeah. there's such a, a, a weight that people mm -hmm. take on wondering right. about what they're supposed to do with their life. And it really is a season by season, moment by moment that I just think that we we walk life together mm -hmm. and it just makes life a little bit less stressful and a little bit easy. Right. Yeah, I mean it's it sounds like it sounds like I mean I, I get that you're Christian but it's 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 a spiritual thing where it's like you see the the process is the is the mission, right? Like it's not there is no end. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I've been I grew up in church, Becky grew up in church. We've been a part of churches like for seasons, decade at a time, mm -hmm. three years at a time. Mm -hmm. And they all you know, they I don't want to be like a church hater. It's not me. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I will say that even aside from Christianity, there's a lack of people in the world who know who they are. Like, and yep. I think that's yes. not, that's not rocket science. Just look at, you know, our society and, and, uh, and I would say I'm 45 and I'm still like, who, who, who am I? And like, do I fit and where do I fit? And, right. um, but I, I'll say that it's interesting. This is a cool point. So here we have this idea in the Philippines. We go to the Philippines. I think when all was said and done, um, I don't talk numbers a lot, but I, this is interesting. I think we spent somewhere in the neighborhood of fifty to $60,000, okay? So flights, living there, investing in the farm, going back three times, you know, all of that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Built this big greenhouse. We helped build another one, partnership partnership in that. Mm -hmm. And um, and it didn't go great. Like, I'd love to tell you that, you know, yeah, it's super right. successful and it went phenomenal. And we were able to grow and it was good. Um, and then we came home and then pandemic happened. We couldn't go back. And then people couldn't leave their homes. They couldn't even go to the farm. We had a guy living there. We were sending money for him just to eat rice and live there. Really. It was so bad over there. Hmm. And, and then we ended up giving the thing away to a student from the agricultural university. We just gave it to her and we said, do what you can with it. We can't come back. The, the gentleman who was helping and worked with us for many years, he, he kind of went another direction. And so it kind of just like 
in the in the world or the people around mm. that fizzled out that wasn't successful okay and i was afraid to talk about that for a long time because i'm like well that's failure and i don't want to look like i failed mm. and then one day my 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 smart wife says well it's just r and d just r and d it's just mm. r and d and i'm like yeah like i learned so yeah. much about myself i learned so much about another culture but i learned so much about farming and plants and like you know so come home and in in the society i or i don't even know the right word world the society the people around it that would be like oh you didn't make it oh like it didn't succeed you know oh you're not you know it didn't grow and it's like and it's a weird like um thing that happens in my mind as an entrepreneur it's very like it can knock you down very quickly you know so i've just started adjusting my definition of success you know <laughs> and you can you can call it yeah. semantic and i've been told oh that's just semantics no it's hard it's a hard issue mm -hmm. it's like i'm going to be faithful i'm going to get up i'll be the first guy here at 4 a.m and i'll stay to 11 and if there's a flood because i forgot to turn i'm here and if there's an issue i take it on personally and it becomes mine I don't think that's an entrepreneur thing. I think that's just a normal, healthy person thing. Mm -hmm. And and I think that that's the mix for me is like just being a better version of what I have been. And uh, I want to help people. I want to help someone else with an idea or a desire or something to prove to jump in and do it. And I, and I, mm -hmm. that's rare. I think. Yeah, I think. I think in some ways it is rare. It's not that, I mean, because we all are working on knowing ourselves, but it seems like there's a lack of people who are even undertaking that. And it's right. like, when you start a business like you guys did, you're forced to find out who you are. Like that to me, it is not so much about the lettuce. For me, I do video production. It's like, I'm always mm -hmm. working on making sure everything's in focus and everything looks good. But it's not that necessarily. It's who was I when I showed up on that film set versus the next day mm -hmm. versus the next day, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good one. That that's a that's a that's a tough one, you know, when you especially mm -hmm. have kids, right? Or teenagers and right. Well, you're, I you're, you like I don't want to make light of being bipolar or something, but we constantly joke cuz like <laughs> I got so many things going on in my head. If something is, you know, said the wrong way or an email comes in or a something and then I'm like, "Oh man, I you know, just part of who I am. I, I don't like letting people down. It's one of my struggles, mm -hmm. right? It's like, mm -hmm. oh man, I let that person down. But now I'm carrying that in the back of my mind while I'm training someone on, on the farm mm -hmm. and we're trying to get stuff out the door. And like, you know, it just starts, it, it's like in a volcano, right? It, it can really catch up to you. And, uh, but that's also part of relationship and part of, you know, being in family is like, yeah, we're going to have our off days. We're going to have our moments. Right. And sometimes you're grumpy, sometimes you're not, but it's like, we don't hold each other so much to that bar anymore. There's no excuse to like be abusive, obviously verbally, you know, but I'm saying like, there's a level of humanity that we're okay to function in. And as long as we end up back in relationship and I can say that in my 30 years of being in the church community right. and mm. pressure that exists around that, um, like, it's almost like we have to have all our junk figured out and then we can be used by God on, or like be, be an asset to society and try not to relate so much to the Christian side, but just like get your crap together and then you're useful to me. Or, you know, I'm actually wanting to start a podcast here very near. I might be picking on your brain here. Sure. Um, and it, and it's going to basically be around, you know, the not so little guy, because it's like, 
we only want to hear from the Elon Musk's and the Bill, you know, mm-hmm. Bill Gates and right. all the stars in Hollywood. But there's people like I'm not calling you small, but there's people like you who are. Yeah. Oh, I'm small. That are doing phenomenal stuff that mm-hmm. are, you know, a thousand yeah. dollars, whatever. It's like yeah. 500 or there's people that have, have a passion to feed the poor or do things or have an entrepreneurial thing that, yeah, they'll never be a million dollar company, but nobody ever gets to hear from them. Because they're the little guy, and it's well, like yeah. I want to change that stigma. It's like, mm. man, I meet so many cool people at these little markets and things that have just a passion inside them, mm. and uh, you know, that's been a blessing of this show. And you'll find that when you do it, is that everybody has a story worth telling. Like I could have never imagined reaching out to you right. guys what I would get out of this conversation, right? And imagine now everybody has a life yeah. of that volume, yeah, going on. And it's incumbent on people like us to tell their stories if they don't feel the need to, I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a like, uh, I'm a American Idol fanatic, Oh, really? especially, especially for like the first, let's, let's pause you know, and go into that for a minute. The, the try, the tryouts, <laughs> like the, I mean, the tryouts and the people that get on there and, mm. you know, they're just raw and they're who mm. they are and they don't, cool. don't even know they have a good voice and they, they're not dressed to the part. And then you can actually progressively watch them get put into mainstream media and formed and shaped and dressed and hair. And it's like, I almost get like, I get angry near the end. Cause I'm like, that's not who you were when you came on, you know? Whoa. And I just love the gold. Like I find myself crying regularly <laughs> because I'm just so, so just enamored with the fact that people come out of crappy situations, yeah. always worse than I've had it always worse than the next guy. And then you get, and they sing and they like nobody believed in me, and like I don't know how much of it's staged. Whoever's doing it is really good at it if they are. Mm-hmm. But I just love that whole the raw, authentic human that comes in there just in front of you. Here I am, and they're accepted. You know, I just I think that's I just love that, and and I think there's a lot of people out there missing that acceptance. Well, even just in business, like I find that you know just acts of kindness and thoughtfulness and and quick responses and and service levels Mm -hmm. where it's not just really about making money for us it never you know obviously we we've had to survive many years so you you do have to make a living but it's not really about the money it's about the people and so there's those calls that you make the emails you respond to the people it doesn't even matter who you are everyone is just a human being right so whether i am a buddhist or a christian uh, mm-hmm. whether I have no belief at all, that person is still a human being. Mm-hmm. And so for me, you have to have this, this heart of kindness that you, you can care for people. And mm-hmm. it really sets, especially the marketing piece, it sets our company completely apart because mm-hmm. I care about that business as if it's my own business. And so when I put them into the teams and I put them in places, I find that I want to make sure they're cared for. And so like there's people that show up and they've just never been cared for. They've mm. never been shown kindness. They they've had to wait for weeks and weeks and weeks for an update. They or they've just never like sometimes I, I give away lettuce. to Someone's like, oh, you know, I could tell like they, someone said, oh, no, I, I know that's a bit too much for me. And I could just tell I'm like, man, you guys. So I say, hey, listen, you know what? I want you to have a good day today. And I give them a free combo pack and I say, Hey, have a good day. Healthy mm-hmm. food is available. Like you don't need yeah. to, it's fine. Just don't take it. So the, there's just this thing that sets you apart where it's like, we don't, you could have, you can have this crazy story. You can have an awesome story. It doesn't even matter because we are all human and mm-hmm. we have this 
we're, there's no one like, Hey, you're up here and we're down here or, Hey, look what we've done and look what you haven't done. Just like we're all living these incredible lives and we have incredible crisis and trauma. Everybody has the stories. Everybody has them. And so there's something about being kind and thoughtful and caring in your everyday life with these people. And with with us, I'm not these people. I just mean like with all of us, like, Mm -hmm. and so there's something that sets people apart when you do business like that, which is really an overflow of our value system. It's just that it it does not separate for us. We're not like, okay, here's our business, Becky. Here's home, Becky. I'm just like, if I'm grumpy in business, I probably was grumpy at home that day. Like it's just the same. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that, you know, is a huge consideration is like leveling the playing field. We've Mm -hmm. all been through stuff. We're human. And that's how we can be kind and, and do life together. Yeah. I call it the comparison killer. Uh-huh. Yeah. Someone sure. who's growing in their basement with a one NFT pipe comes into my farm and they're like, holy, you're mm-hmm. brilliant. You're a genius. How did you do this? Must be so yeah. expensive. How are you doing this? And then I walk down the street and I go to the greenhouse and I walk in and I'm like, holy <laughs> crap, how did you do this? This right. is so big. I wish I could have that. Yeah. And then they fly to Vegas to the hydroponic show and they, you know, they go to the biggest farm in the world. I'm like, holy crap. Like it's right. this comparison thing. It will eat you. It'll eat you alive. It, yeah. it, it will destroy you from the inside out. I struggled for years and I, and I still, some days I'm like, what am I doing? Like I'm growing 600 heads of lettuce. Yeah. yeah. But then I meet someone they're like, this is the best lettuce I've ever had. I can't believe it. I am never going to go back. I can't go back to the store. And I'm going, Hmm, that's kind of cool. Like <laughs> we accomplished that. And I'm like, I don't have to then compare myself, you know? And so I, I, I think there's, there's so much in there to say about that comparison yeah. thing, but why do we uh, do it? Why do we do it? Yeah. Why do we why compare? Do we do I think, I think that people say they don't really know who they are and they struggle to know who they are. I I think that it's even before that, I think it comes down to the expectations on yourself. Like, or not even, I don't know how to, to word it. Like, like we always say, um, like unspoken expectations will kill every relationship, right? Like if I don't communicate what I'm ex- like, okay, so for example, I'm not going to hack on you. I didn't get a pre-question for this podcast, right? So like I technically have no idea what your expectations are. Mm-hmm. And so if you come into this going, well, I was expecting this and I brought that. Mm. Well, now, you know, we don't meet where we're supposed to meet. Sure. And I, and I think that in, because of the way we grow up, the way of culture, the way of just life, we, we create these false expectations and they sit inside of us. And we think that we have to constantly meet these expectations mm. and the pressure to succeed. And as we get older, we get really good at managing our emotions and, you know, and, uh, and if life happens and trauma, it starts building, 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 but still way down in the bottom of those roots is this expectation that we've set. And then we blame society and we blame our, you know, we blame parents, we blame life, we, you know, but really it's like, there's something down. So I've started dealing with just expectations on myself and here's how it happened for me. Every now and then I do curse. So I'm going to curse just to make my point. It's like, Please I was sitting in my farm the other day and I'm like, I realized that no one really gives a shit. Like if you wake up tomorrow morning, Patrick, are you going to concern yourself whether or not my plants grow in my farm? <laughs> I mean, I might think of you for a minute, but yeah, 
but like if i called you like patrick the farm is dying all my plants are going to be gone wouldn't change your life essentially you'd probably feel bad for me Maybe I feel bad. yeah it would it would it would inconvenience like, me you know people get in their car they drive to their job every day i don't care what they do in the day i don't care if their boss is angry at them it's like you can't like if this if this thing fails mm-hmm. it's becky and i mm-hmm. it's like it's like no one cares so then why do i care so much about what everyone thinks like if they're not going to give a shit and they're not going to come pitch in then why do i care right it's like Good that question. sounds real maybe air, like kind of like edgy but i'm like I, so i have nobody to impress i have nobody to meet their expectations except customers and my wife and i have committed to each other that we won't quit we're going to keep going forward it's just part of who we are right and so i don't have to after question whether or not my wife is going to quit not just my not marriage i mean like the sure. business. <laughs> yeah, she, i mean she's she not going to be like i can't do it anymore because we've proven over 22 years that we're not quitters. We're not going to quit. Right. And so that like takes a hundred pounds of pressure off our shoulders. I don't have to do this. I don't have to impress anybody. There is no expectation. And we expect that we try and love each other better every day. And we accept people. My wife's probably better at it than me, but that's just a result. I think of unspoken expectations and mm. things we don't come to grip with in our heart. And, and uh, that's not easy to unpack like that's tough oh. stuff you know but i also think like it comes back to like to this whole society like there's so much pressure to perform like there's just an amount of pressure to be successful like these these people that we see on stage or on instagram mm-hmm. or even our cities like there's just so much pressure to perform yeah. and have this level of success and who says that's successful Mm-hmm. I don't know who I, I know, but I don't know. And so that's why our falling def- apart, kids committing suicide. Yes. Like I think that we have to that. adjust, like Mike mm-hmm. said, expectations and adjust our, because if you think that success is a million dollars, the chances of you getting a million dollars, it's really slim. Like if mm-hmm. you look at the statistics, mm-hmm. like there's okay, well, yeah, maybe you can, I believe that we could do that. But if that's what you're trying to do, then when you make a quarter of a million dollars in two years of business, you are going to be very upset. And (laughs) and the weight that like comes on you. Mm -hmm. So you have to really just take a moment and wipe the board clean of what success is. Wipe it completely clean. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that we do. We celebrate small beginnings and we celebrate small successes all the time. So that makes a massive, that changes the entire mindset because when i go and i and i have a new subscriber it sounds ridiculous i had three new lettuce subscriptions last week three and they're because i did some uh, some groundwork and i went after some people that I back like 60 bucks a week or something like yeah that. like this is i'm talking that this is small but i'm like oh I'm my like gosh thinking, yeah. more people are buying our lettuce this is so flipping exciting Instead, you could be like, man, I needed like 40 subscriptions this month. I don't know. I only got three. But the fact is I got three new clients and that's huge. So like there's just there's small beginnings and those are super important. And Mm -hmm. then there's small successes. And if you can maintain that through every season, so Mm -hmm. quarter of a million, a half a million, but you still celebrate every client and you still celebrate every small win every day, then you're successful. Then I am continually successful. And I, I never have to make a million. And if I do, I'm the same person as, as I was when I had a hundred thousand. 
That's the beauty of that concept is you actually are the same person. You're not like, oh my gosh, I've arrived. And then you have a complete mental breakdown because you don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. So you, you backtrack and you just start celebrating small successes, small wins, and you just keep doing it through life because that's what life is about. It's about mm -hmm. the common everyday step-by-step. Step. And that's how you win. That's mm -hmm. how you be successful. Not with the big, it's just every day. And so I'm going to be the same person I am, whether we have five businesses and millions of dollars, I will still find the deals. I will still, right. you know, <laughs> wear my same tights that I probably had for two years and then go get one new pair. Like I'm still going to be the same person mm -hmm. that celebrates the small wins with you. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's how you can take that weight off your shoulder, take the expectations off, wipe the board clean and just start focusing on the small wins. Because if we didn't do that with the farm, like we might have completely given up because we had such a traumatic expansion mm -hmm. and it was very hard. And so we had to be like, oh, my gosh, I can see some roots again. Oh, this mm -hmm. is huge. Let's celebrate roots, oh, yeah. you know, and so it's very <laughs> it's very like small, yeah. but it gets you to the next day and then it gets you to the next day. And then you're then we're here. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, my gosh, look what we did. So that's that's just something I think that really needs to be adjusted because I don't think when I see someone with a Porsche, I instantly don't be like, Oh my gosh, they're so mm -hmm. successful. <laughs> I go, man, I hope they're okay. Yeah. Is, is that their, is that their identity? Yeah. I don't know. Could well be. And that's it right there is suddenly people are, are putting that meaning and for, for success on an external thing, but we're truly, right. everything we need is right here in this zoom conversation. Yeah. That's a wild thought. And yeah. I, I couldn't right. have said any of that better, Becky. So I'm not even going to really bother. So thank you for saying that. <laughs> um, I, I guess I just, and they're going to boot me out. I got 10 minutes and we're getting to the end of it anyway here. But I was really surprised to see that Canada, I don't know how much of this you guys concern yourself with because it's big picture. And we were just finished talking yeah. about how the smallest picture is probably the one to look at. But <clears throat> is there a future for this kind of sustainable farming uh, throughout Edmonton? Like, is this maybe what 50, 100 years down the road looks like? Canada is the second largest importer of lettuce. That to me seems like a problem when you can grow it in a, in a yeah. know, I could grow it in my yep. basement if I wanted or yeah. maybe a warehouse. Yeah, I'll, I'll say, you know, I, I know a couple companies. I'm trying to remember the names. Maybe Becky can help me. Um, I talked to them in my early days. Um. What's that one back that grows in the containers, you know, the. Oh yeah. Well, you can just say container farms. Honey. Yeah. So what they do is they have a big building down the middle and then they okay. shoot off with these container farms and they all grow specific things all automated, you know, and it's, it's quite expensive to start, but one of their job, one of their, their primary focuses is to knock out the importing. Hmm. So produce, produce a healthy okay. product and knock out the importer. And so, you know, if it's done right, that won't be done by tomorrow. Like it's something that's going to build over time. Uh, I think of Calgary has got quite a few companies that have started popping up in our sector. Okay. And like people like worry about competition, but I don't, like I said, I can feed say 500 families. There's 800,000 families. I would hope that people come into the city, they do it. And we could partner. What a concept. And they're like, well, I actually prefer to grow tomatoes, cucumbers, and whatever. And why don't we partner? I think, like, what a concept. You know, right. instead of putting each other down and feeling threatened by each other, I, I don't really follow that logic. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we I would say this, we've already got a leg up on any competition because one, we have a marketing company, like we're, we're pushing three, 400 clients now. Nice. That have touched our business at some level. You know, if we were at a thousand customers and we would have a revolving door of residual income that we would not be able to expand. But do I think it can solve the food issue? I I, I really do. Yeah. I, I think that if our government got on board and mm-hmm. gave tax breaks to companies that are producing food, um, which I don't know if would ever happen because there's so much behind the scenes that happen with mm-hmm. with that. But if there was incentives for people to do what we're doing, I think it could really explode. You know, the, the University of Lethbridge, they there's a guy down there, I can't remember, it's uh, Sol, Solanoff. So uh, anyway, and he, he just got another $8 million or something in a grant to test aquaponics on a further level. Okay. I think that money and time, money and time will, will produce something. Uh, I, I don't know if it'll solve our food crisis because let us, you know, it's not everything, but right. um, I have a colleague in Vulcan. He grows a thousand tomato plants and he provides to a local Sobeys place, you know, really, but it's going to take another thousand of these companies to do it. I mean, I went and got my vehicle, brand new vehicle or used vehicle logo the other day. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a thousand printing companies in Edmonton and they're all thriving and booking in two weeks in advance. I'm like, why can't we have a thousand indoor farms mm-hmm. feeding everybody? And um, like, why do we have to pay for such garbage? You know, like it really is terrible food coming sits on a truck. It's just, it's horrendous, you know? Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and so, yeah, I, I, I'm a bit of a dreamer. I think we sure. could solve if not 75% of the problem. I really believe we could, you know? That's- I also think like there's a lot of like up North, you know, their food is so flipping expensive. Like yeah. for them to eat healthy mm. up north, it, it's nearly impossible. They're paying like quadruple what it costs right. for food. And so you just go ahead and get some building, like get a triple car garage for goodness sake mm-hmm. and start growing hundreds of lettuce for communities. And now you're, you could charge like half of what is charged and they would be saving money yeah. and you could create entrepreneurs small business owners and be food creating like solving the food problem up there because right. there's a massive food problem up north and, and-, and limited by seasons right like they wait for the ice yep. and i was That's up right. in i was up in uh way up in the northwest territories years ago way back 15 18 years ago and i remember we went into the store and i almost died when people pay for just pop you know right. 12 pack of pop it was like 26 dollars something ridiculous it's outrageous uh, what and that's in canada we're not even talking about like we're in some village somewhere we're talking about our own people yeah. up north that don't have access to fresh food and if mm-hmm. they do it's not even affordable yeah. and so this is something like these are ways to create fresh food yeah in our country mm-hmm. that's healthy and sustainable and can create business because yeah. people can live off this business they can create a company that they can survive on more than yeah. survive they can thrive so this is definitely especially our model where you have like a 2200 square foot building you can grow you know you could max this to a thousand heads a week it is a it's perfect well, for no, we communities can to, we can get to about um 50 uh, sorry, 2,200 heads per week if we fill the, the room. 
So we can get anywhere between eight and 9,000 heads a week. Now that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big operation in my opinion, you know, there'd be four or five people running it. Um, but like up North you could, you know, I know they are companies that put sea cans and things up there mm-hmm. uh, and they do that. Okay. But, um, but again, you still need to, you can't open the door in minus 45 degrees and you'll freeze <laughs> everything in the room. Right. Right. So it's a little bit misleading because you need a building. It has to be attached. You've got to heat that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there, there are other ways to do it. I think that are way more efficient, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, yeah, I think that's a pretty good outlook. I think on that food mm-hmm. security and, you know, maybe there's a next, know. a next step there for you guys. I just want to hear, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to wrap it up. It was great to talk to you guys. I think there's obviously far more we could we could say, but for now, uh, if people want to get on the lettuce program, they want the lettuce mobile to roll up to their place. Uh, <laughs> how do we get in touch with you guys? How do we find out more about Vertical Roots? So the best way is, there's a couple ways. Um, we're on Instagram. Just make sure you do Vertical Roots Canada. Mm. So we're under Vertical Roots Canada. There is another company in the States mm. that's Vertical Roots. So you need to add Canada on there to get ours. Okay. Um, so that's Instagram and Facebook, same, same handle. And then of course, verticalroots.ca. That's our website. And um, we're super responsive uh, on social or website contact forms. That's how you can get a hold of us. That's how you sign up. We have subscriptions. Um, so, you know, we do delivery to your house if you want to pay for it. And we also have pickup locations that are across the city, Sherwood Park, Toefield, where we just drop, you know, your lettuce. You can go pick it up and that's free. We don't charge for that. Yeah. And I mean, anyone out there as an investor or, or an entrepreneur who has maybe an, an interest in this, uh, we do have some type of a consulting package where you can actually take the name, take the company, get the marketing, you put it in another city, you pay a one-time fee, and then you get trained by me, fully functional support 24-7. So like there is a whole nother piece of this business that we haven't even really rolled out. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, Grand Prairie or Red Deer, you know, like places that have, you know, a good size population um, that this could impact. We want to be able to plant that somewhere and have someone run it and have the full support of me and all my years of experience now and hours upon hours. Right. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. So, yeah. I think you'll find that person. I just uh, want to thank you guys so much for your time and your wisdom. This went uh, really well and it was really illuminating for me. And I wish you guys the best of luck in, in, yeah, in vertical you. farm or vertical roots and yeah. whatever's down the road. Thanks so we much. Appreciate the opportunity. And it's been great to get to know you also. Yeah. You guys too. All right. You take care and good luck. Happy growing. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <Cheers>. <laughs> thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. Don't forget to subscribe to the North Bank Media Podcast on your platform of choice. And when you have time, leave a five-star review. 